Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? There are things that go bump in the night. Listen to them. Children of the night. They're coming to get you, Barbara. What music they make. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. We all go a little mad sometimes. There are rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. Bad rum! Red rum! Number three, never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. They're here! Hi, I'm Jackie, wanna play? And here's Johnny! I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Matu, Marada, <laughs> Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. I'll be right back. <laughs> Hello there, it's Obi John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcasting, and welcome to an all new Nerd Alert. We are keeping spooky season rolling. Not that last week was particularly spooky, uh, but you know, hey, it's good to have comic relief in a horror movie to relieve that tension so we can build it back up again. And that's what we're doing this week. We're building that tension back up. Uh, but before I get to today's topic, uh, let me introduce my co-hosts, the ones who will be helping me navigate the weird waters we're about to head into. First up, ladies and gentlemen, the man who keeps the nerd in the top nerdy TV network. Please welcome to the bridge, Commander Scott. So. Um, as far as nerd facts go, this might be something I've covered at one point or another. Because honestly, I can't keep track of what all I've done and what I haven't. Um, but it's something that I like. Uh, it, it just it just amuses me. It makes me chuckle, uh, and and I somewhat maybe tertiarily, uh, tangen, tangentially, tangentially, tangentially uh, ties in with today's topic. Um. And uh, and that is the, the the death of Theodore Roosevelt. Of course, everybody knows Theodore Roosevelt. And uh, he, as far as at least in passing, you know, he led the Rough Riders, you know, in the the, the Spanish American War, I believe. You know, charging up San Juan Hill. He was a boxer. He would regularly have boxing matches on the front lawn of the White House, um, uh, and uh, and everything. But specifically, you know, he went on safari. I mean, the man did everything. He was only the only reason he didn't fight in World War One is because the then sitting president of the United States said no, <laughs> sit your ass down. Like he wanted to go, um, uh, and, and everything. But what I bring up is uh, 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 his death, January sixth, nineteen nineteen. He died of a heart attack in his sleep. How Theodore Roosevelt passed away. And the thing that I always liked was the statement made by his vice president, Thomas Marshall. Uh, this is a great quote. And it's a great quote. Death had to take Roosevelt in his sleep, for if he had been awake, there would have been a fight. And that's, 
That's a movie that I want to see. I want to see the death of Theodore Roosevelt and literally just be a two-person, two-person, one-stage act of Theodore Roosevelt versus death. Like, that whole thing. Maybe a flashback through his life, you could probably get away with that. But just, you know, Roosevelt and death, mano a mano. I, I want to see that that as a movie, so. Anyway. Death comes in, sets up a nice game of chess. <laughs> Best of seven. Flips it over, calls it a sissy game. Tells him to stand up and get ready for some bare knuckle boxing. That's a movie I would watch. Death gets tired, asks for some water. Roosevelt says, "Water? What are you, pansy?" Hands him a bottle of just rock good whiskey. <laughs> Played by Nick Offerman, of course, he would have to be. Oh God, yes, he would make a great Teddy Roosevelt, wouldn't he? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, Teddy Roosevelt did not die. Um, he's just frozen <laughs> for when we need him again. <laughs> like like Captain America in the fifties. He's on ice. His big sign uh, in case of World War Three: break glass. Allow 12 hours per pound to thaw. Yeah. <laughs> we can stick him in the oven under warm or de- 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 uh, de- no, stick him in the microwave, defrost. There you, go. there you go. He just spins in a circle. Okay. <laughs> Rounding out our terrible trio, ladies and gentlemen, joining us from somewhere in time and space, perhaps via the DeLorean, it's the Doc. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we started another movie. In my film class. It's now time for the Doc's reoccurring segment he never likes to preempt with any kind of title. It's Shit Jay's Kid Said in Class. Uh, so, we started watching Jurassic Park. And I had to get permission from it's parents PG-13. to watch a PG-13 movie. Wow. How old are your kids, for the record? 14 and 15. Wow. So, it's just the way it's written in the district rules, I had to get permission. And so a lot of them forgot to give me their permission slip. So I was like, just get your parents to email me. So I got an email from one parent. So maybe it's not so much shit that my kids said. But I got an email from one parent that said, my child is allowed to watch a PG-13 movie. Okay, thank you. And then like an hour later or later that night, I got another email from the same parent that said, you know what? In fact, my child is allowed to watch any movie you want to show in your film class. And I was like... This is my kind of parent. We need more parents like that. But yes. what I'm what I'm really excited about is uh, one of my students has never seen Jurassic Park. He's he's never watched it. So I I get excited to see his reactions to the movie. Um, I did. It was it was a lot of fun today. We had the T Rex scene where he gets out of the paddock and attacks. Um, and I did what Obi John said. I should ask, when is it CG and when is it an animatronic? And so every time the T-Rex popped up, I'd say, real or CGI? And when I meant, when I said real, I meant like animatronic. Practical, yeah. Yeah, and they, it was about 50%. They were about 50% guessing correctly. Like, they'd look at it and go, oh, that's CGI. And I'm like, no, that is the animatronic. And do, then. Uh, do, do the same thing with the raptor sequence. Yeah. And, I, kitchen, and then. Yeah. So then after that sequence, I paused it and I explained a few things. And I was like, hey, you know, like this, this is why they did it. This is why it's cut this way. This is to make your brain think, oh, it's a real one the whole time. And then I explained how they had to stop shooting to dry off the T-Rex because it just would turn on on its own. Uh, and one kid goes, 
isn't that dangerous? And I was like, yeah, man. Well, it wouldn't turn off, but the, the skin absorbed the water because one of the few rules Stan Winston told Spielberg was don't get these wet. So, of course, <laughs> they shot a scene in the rain. Uh, and it, and the, the, the skin would get so heavy, the, the armature couldn't hold the yeah. weight, and the T-Rex would start doing this. Like, the T-Rex would basically start having a seizure on set. I thought so it... Have to, I thought I read somewhere one time that it turned on on its own. It did not turn on on its own, no, but it just no. it would get so heavy that the structure would start to shake and they'd have to stop to get towels and pad dry the skin of the T-Rex to lighten it up so it could function again. But, uh, yeah, keeping with the theme, the, the, the young man who has never seen the movie kept asking, why has he got a shaving cream can? It's to, to smuggle out the embryos. We but why is it shaving up. cream? Like did you not see that? Ago. Did you not were see you, that scene? Were you not? Were you sleeping? Were you sleeping when they? There's a whole. Screw that. Put the thing. <laughs> cheap on me, Dotson. It's a whole thing. Yeah. And that's. And then I was like, I was like, I had to go back and play that line again where he says that was Hammond's mistake because that line gets missed a lot. A lot of people miss that, and then that leads into that financial debate later on. And I had mm-hmm. to explain that to the kids, but uh, that's fair. They're all excited to be watching this movie. So that's good. It's a movie that really holds up too. And uh, I mean, we're on the opposite of the spectrum. So to us, it's like, oh my god, that's thirty years old. But to them, like, this is the thirty-year-old movie. Like, what? Why don't we just watch the new ones, with Chris Pratt? Yeah. So, so good on you. Because they don't look as good. They don't. And they all suck after the first one. Oh, so yeah, so there it's the original trilogy. Anyway, so today our topic, because it's spooky season, um, we're going to keep that rolling. And today we're actually going to deliver some kind of creepy, messed up stuff. Uh, if you've ever watched a horror movie, you have undoubtedly come across the phrase inspired by true events or based on a true story or Song composed by themes originally whistled by. That one's kind of obscure. <laughs> You're not a fan of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? No, no, I am not. We, I've, you know I've, what? We're not friends anymore because that I've, show is fucking perfect. I've, I've tried that that shit. It, it, that shit is just not funny. It's. I've tried. I really have. I've, I've tried to watch it twice, and and. Every time I watch, I'm just I, nothing makes me laugh. It's the same thing as what we do in the dark. Like I can't stand that, which is weird because I love the IT crowd. I know, and I love Sledgehammer. But those are two different kinds of humor. The humor from from Garth Marenghi is they're taking it serious and playing it straight, but it's ridiculous yeah. and has ridiculous. no budget. Yeah, yeah. Get it. it's yeah. it's like it's, it's it's every Leslie Nielsen yeah, spoof I, movie. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. I can't. I, I can't. Oh. Anyway, forget what Commander Scott says. Go to YouTube, check out Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. It's beautiful. You'll thank yourself. It's only six episodes because the BBC sucks. Anyway, we're actually here. Tangent number one of the week. Uh, we are here to talk about the true stories. True stories behind some of your favorite horror movies. And I say true story with a hefty grain of salt. Because we'll get into some of this as we go. But uh, there are tons of horror movies out there that are inspired by or, or uh, you know, they read someone read an article of an event and it inspired an idea in them and they ran with it. 
Um, and there's an old adage in Hollywood, uh, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. So that's what we're here to do today. We're going to talk about uh, some of our favorite true stories behind horror movies. And we're going to get into whether or not the truth was better than fiction or vice versa, or if a movie is somehow lesser because it made things up to make the story of the movie better. We'll get into all that as we get into it. Uh, but Jay, do you want to start us out? Because your first one's a good one. I do. I do want to start us out because we already talked about this and this one's also on your list. It, and I wanted to start with a real heavy hitter, I guess. It's a triple threat. Which in this case is not a good thing. Is it, is it, is it Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? No, no. No. Okay. That's going to be an uh, entire episode. That's going to be an entire sub-series of the show where we just uh, review could. episode by episode about how great it is. Uh, um, so anyway, when Obi-John brought up this topic, this was the first name that popped into my head. And that name is Ed Gein. Uh, if you don't know who Ed Gein is, he is from Plainfield, Wisconsin, a.k.a. the Butcher of Plainfield. Uh, he eventually confessed to murdering two people, but that's what he just confessed to. Uh, he was, they, they cap, they caught him because they found out he had been exhuming corpses and he had been fashioning keepsakes from bone and skin. It's a little hard to exhume living people. Yeah. Um, we have I'm very first. Just reading yeah, my, exactly. I'm just reading my notes, Scott. Uh, so, like I said, he confessed to murdering two women. One was like a, an owner of a like a bar, and I can't think the other was his neighbor or something like that. She was a hardware store owner. Hardware store owner. So, um, like I said, he confessed to these two murders, and when they arrested him, they went and searched his house. Now. I'm going to read a list of things that were found in his house. Okay. So they found whole human bones and fragments, a waste basket made of human skin, oh. human skin covering several chair seats, uh, skulls on his bedposts, female skulls, some with the tops sawn off, uh, bowls made of human skulls, a corset made from a female torso skinned from shoulder to waist. Leggings made from human leg skin. Masks made from the skin of female heads. Uh, Mary Hogan, who was one of the people he confessed to murdering, her face was her face mask in a paper bag. So like her face made into a mask. Uh, Mary Hogan's skull in a box. Bernice Warden was the other one he had, he um, admitted to killing. Her entire head in a burlap sack. Uh, they found her heart in a plastic bag in front of his potbelly stove. Nine volve in a shoebox. Uh, I'm going to skip the next one because it's disturbing. See, I was going to edit some of those out, but Jay went right for them. <laughs> uh, a belt made from human nipples. Word going right there. Okay. Yeah. Four hey. noses. Hey, the man was thrifty. Uh a pair of lips on a window shade drawstring. <laughs> a lampshade made from the skin of a human face. And created. Uh, Damn. <laughs> it, he he was, he was messed up in the head. So actually, he, he was not tried in like the um, 
he was not tried normally for these murders because they said he was not mentally right enough to be tried. He was arrested in 57, but then to go on trial until 68 until he yes. was deemed uh, mentally, mentally, mentally stable enough to be tried. Um, but he, so I wrote down what he inspired. Okay. So he was the inspiration for Norman Bates from the movie Psycho and the book Psycho. He was the inspiration for Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He was the inspiration for Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Um, I didn't know this one. This is one I didn't know. He was actually the inspiration for Garland Green from Con Air. Even though Con Air is not a horror movie, Garland Green is a scary, scary individual. Is, is that the um, one that's played by... Um... Steve Buscemi. Yeah, yeah, Buscemi, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he was the, he, he, his house and his story was the inspiration for House of a Thousand Corpses and the sequel. Um, Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects. Yeah, so specifically, he was raised by a very devout religious mother um, who, who taught him that all women except for her were uh, evil harlots. Uh, which obviously inspired Norman Bates. Uh, the the um, the woman suit found in his house uh, was an inspiration for both Norman Bates dressing up like mother, uh, and and also for Buffalo Bill um, making furniture and things out of human remains was all over Texas Chainsaw Massacre as well as the face off of people uh, like Leatherface. Um, it's it's a good one, Jay. Because like I said, it's a you're getting a bargain deal here. You're getting one true story in multiple uh, 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 movies inspired by or inspired by partially. And that's the thing that I find interesting is, is so many people came along and took a certain aspect of Ed Gein and put that into their film. But until we started making movies about actually Ed Gein, no one took every single element and combined them together. Um, almost like they didn't think audiences would have been buy into that. Like they had to kind of like water it down a bit. Let's just pick one thing and go with that. Here's the and the, the one really crazy thing about this whole story is that Plainfield, Wisconsin, is literally in the middle of nowhere. It's a small podunk town. It's very out in the middle plain. of nowhere. It's what? Very plain. Yes. Nondescript. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you'd say it was a plain field. Anyway. But yeah, it, it, this guy. Megan has, my wife Megan has a whole book just about Ed Gein. And she said, if I ever want to read it sometime, I can. And I was like, no. And she said, all you need to know is one thing. Nipple belt. Nipple belt. There a picture of that online? Can, oh God! Can you find that? I'm just yes, guy. Yes, there is. Uh, so yeah, all, all all of the things he made, uh, they they photographed for evidence and then uh, humanely destroyed, is what the the internet says. Yes. So no, they're not like sitting in a museum somewhere. Uh, and like Jay said, he confessed to two murders. He was tried and convicted of one because um, he didn't really have a leg to stand on with the one murder because they found the woman's body hanging upside down in his shed dressed like a deer and i don't mean dressed up like a deer i mean feel dressed like a deer 
So he didn't really have a lot of um, plausible deniability on that one. Uh, But there's a number of murders he's suspected of committing, but they just don't have evidence to connect him to. At least not the time. So, ah, scary, scary dude. Like, yeah, he inspired a lot of horror movies, but in this case, real life is much more terrifying than any movie they could make about this guy. That being said, of all the serial killers in movies inspired by Ed Gein, which one is your favorite, your preferred, which one you're scariest? Garland Green. <laughs> really? <laughs> Soft spoken, super nice Steve Buscemi gave that girl a uh, dolly. I mean, just the fact like What's terrifying about him? And this is what I want. And this is this is a little off kilter, but maybe you'll be behind me on this. I want a Garland Green horror film starring Steve Buscemi that like follows his murders and and like everything. Because the fact that he's he in the movie Con Air, he's just like I drove through three states. I th- or I, I'm going to misquote it and you guys are going to yell at me, but like it was like three or four states wearing a woman's head as a hat, basically, is what he said. Like, just his caught, like the way he is, he's just. There is an element to that character of, of and so again, something that very much the, the people who knew Ed Gein described him is like, he was quiet and unassuming and. You'd never suspect someone like that was capable of such horrible things. He was he was just a, a maybe a little eclectic, but you know he had a weird upbringing. So, like the the banality of evil, uh, uh, very much present in that character. Of he's 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 not you know Leatherface is the opposite end of that spectrum. Yeah, <laughs> where you see Leatherface and ah okay, well that's the killer. There you go, guy with the apron wearing human faces as a mask with a chainsaw. I'll bet he's our killer. Uh, versus, yeah, the 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 incarnation uh, um, from Connery, where it's it's again very just quiet, unassuming, maybe a little weird looking, but you know, in a general sort of way. I mean, and in that same vein, I guess you could throw Buffalo Bill. See, for me, it's it's Norman Bates, uh, and, and it's it's first of all, that's such an amazing performance uh, in, yeah. in that movie, and and the fact that. Uh, uh, Hitchcock is genius enough to make you if you don't know the twist of the movie you just assume his mother came in and murdered this woman and now he being the good son is trying to cover up this crime and like you literally when he's sinking the car with the dead body and all the evidence in the, the swamp behind the hotel and there's that genius moment where it's sinking 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 and then it stops we cut back to Norman as he's getting like, like you as the audience have now completely switched allegiance from um, Janet Lee to to Norman Bates, uh, 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 like way like you know biting your your nails like oh god is he is, is it's not going to sink it's not going to go under like he's going to get caught like your sympathy has now switched to this character uh, and, and the fact that again if you don't know the, the twist for the movie. Um, it, it's you're he's played so sympathetic uh, uh and, and you as the audience have kind of a tug of war of of uh 
wanting Jane, you know, uh, uh, Janet Lee's killer to be brought to justice, but you don't like you genuinely feel for Norman. You don't want Norman to to get caught or get in trouble, or so that reveal at the end is is that much more. Oh my God, it was him. Uh, yeah, that's uh, still such a great performance. It's so subtle, but speaks volumes. It's so great. Ed Gein, scary mofo. I have never heard of Ed Gein until. until really? Yeah. Yeah. No, all those different characters were based off of a person, as far as elements of. You're like, like, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That's, that's what. Never heard that's why I said Scott when John brought up this topic. That was the first name that popped into my head because I, being from Iowa and like really not that far from where this all happened, you you hear this stuff. So. So it's. Is that on all the welcome to Iowa signs? Ed Gein wasn't from here. Actually, no. What you what you do find out is that there is a haunted house, and I couldn't find any information about movies based on it. But there's a movie about it, but I haven't seen it, so I didn't want to talk about it. But there's it's the Vasilla Vasilla Axe Murder House in Vasilla, Iowa. Look it up, Scott. I th- I can't. I don't know if it's Vasilla or Vasilia. It's Google that fucker. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, in the 1900s, a uh, family was murdered with their, and their two guests were all found murdered in this house. And the house is still standing and you can tour it. The Vasilla. So you'd be like, there's ghosts here, not like we're going to jump out at you from a corner and you'll boo haunted house, like a haunted, haunted house. Yeah, it's like a, it's been yeah. on ghost hunters and shit like that. Uh, so. It looks like a, actually it looks like the house from Field of Dreams. It's very similar in construction. Um, so it's a standard kind of Midwestern farmhouse kind of a look. Um, and if I had to pronounce it, it looks like uh, Villisca. Is what it looks like. Yeah. Or is B-I-L-L-I-S-C-A. Yeah, it's in it's over in southwest Iowa, so I don't live over like I've never actually been in that area of Iowa. We so I would uh, there. What was that, Scott? We should we should definitely go there. I wanna, so I wanna... anyway, that was my first one. Nice. Uh well, if Scott doesn't mind, I'm gonna dovetail off of Jay's. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna let you know though before we get too far away. I sent you all a picture. Yeah, I I'm not looking it. at it. Yeah. I really? Really? I unfortunately I'm opened good. it. I'm good. What do you mean, unfortunately? Ah, my God, pansy. So, Jay, uh, Ed Gein, uh, yeah, among others, inspired uh, uh, Norman Bates from Psycho. Yes, which is a you know, arguably the greatest Hitchcock movie made. Um, you know, arguably the the origin of the slasher genre. Right, pretty big movie. Well, there's another movie in Hitchcock's repertoire that you might not realize is actually based on a true story. Did you know The Birds is based on a factual account? I I did know that. In Capitola, California, on August 18th, 1961, quote, hordes of seabirds dive-bombed homes of residents crashed into cars and this is my favorite part spewed half digested fish onto lawns what caused this baffled scientists for decades um 
again, seemingly came out of nowhere, ordinarily peaceful, you know, birds subtly acting crazy and aggressive and, and attacking homes and inanimate objects and things. And they couldn't figure out, it took decades uh, to, uh, to, to circle around to uh, finding a cause. Uh, aliens. aliens. Okay. <laughs> um, it was eventually ruled uh, just recently, actually, to be domoic acid. This is an acid produced by certain types of algae blooms. In humans, it causes vomiting, diarrhea, and short-term memory loss. In marine animals, it causes disorientation and seizures. Uh, it's something that nowadays authorities test for, and if it's found, they will restrict fishing in that area. But back in 1961, we had no idea what this is. We didn't know what this was until 1987, when we first caught on to it. Uh, uh, there was a case in Prince Edward Island, where three people died and several dozen people got sick and hospitalized uh, from eating fish. They eventually tracked in these fish, tracked back to this algae. Uh, the algae gets into fish and then spreads throughout the food chain, which is how they believe it got into the uh, to, to the seabirds. Um, so uh, now the fun part is, so again, this happened in Capitola, California in 1961. Alfred Hitchcock owned a home in the nearby Scott Valley. And when he heard about this, because it got media attention, called the local newspaper for more info for research. I like it. So short and sweet. Uh, but it was one of those I came across this and I was like, wait, that's that's based on a true story? That that's real? No, obviously the movie expands on that. And the movie never gives you any reason for why they're acting that way. Yeah, it's, it's just the incident that the movie because yeah. and that's aliens. aliens. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things where, like, you know, if they redid birds today, there'd be a scene somewhere of some scientist digesting or dissecting a bird and coming up with a reason because they, they wouldn't be able to help themselves. Like, now that we know what caused it, you know, they'd put that scene into a movie, but it's it's a thousand times more effective when you have no idea what's causing this or why, or like, that's the horror of the birds is, is. Things you look past every day, again, the banality of evil, uh, things you walk past and don't think twice about all day suddenly are flocking to kill you and dive bomb your car and your home. Although I am now disappointed, Mr. Hitchcock, that there's no scene in the birds of a bird vomiting up anchovies onto someone's lawn. Uh, missed opportunity there, guys. Because of demonic algae. Demoic. Yes, yeah, so D-O-M-O-I-C, Domoic. Demonic algae. You I'm, better I'm, call... I'm, like, I'm liking demonic algae. You better call the Pope's exorcists. To get well, if it's demonic... algae, wouldn't you call the Pope's cleaner? Yeah. Yeah. His name's Carl. Ah, you got some algae. You are. Uh, you're going to need some serious bleach to kill this out. You know what I'm saying? Just, uh, they come to you and hit them with the shampoo. The power go. of Clorox compels you. Hey, there it is. <laughs> Wait, no, now it's going to be in Carl's voice. I can't do Carl's voice. The power of Clorox compels you. <laughs> Wait, this ain't Clorox. Who bought that off-brand stuff? I said the Clorox. 
Love it. That's yeah. That's my first one. Like I said, it's it's kind of short and sweet. It's not I, as juicy as Ed Gein, but it was one of those things where like I came across it and I just like I couldn't believe it was real. I, I've never seen the birds. In fact, I think the only Hitchcock that I've seen is Psycho. Well, if you're only going to see one, I mean, because I, I don't think I've seen Rear Window. That's that's a good one too. Yeah. I'm just going to bring you the box set I have. It's got those three: North by Northwest and. Debbie does Dallas. I don't think that was Hitchcock. That's I've a, seen that one. The different cock. Way different. Different kind of cock. Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Scott, what you got? That's, Sorry. That's just wrong. Well, right now I'm still looking at the history of the Villisca Axe Murder House. Huh. Because you sent me down a rabbit hole. Do you, you want to? I mean, we can. You only have, like, if you got a couple, we can skip, and I'll go to another one, and well, you can keep. Well, uh, so here, here's one thing. Apparently, you can book overnight stays in the house for 428 of up to six people. That's like $75 a person. I think we can make this happen. You can't. No. No, I'm not staying there. Why? Okay. No. It's just a Jay, house. we'll bring a video camera with night vision, and oh, then ooh. that way you can. It's, it's just a house. See in the dark. No, thank you. I'll pass. I'll bring an EMF detector, and we can see where the wiring is. Yeah, we can. Yeah, exactly. We can find out where the where the yeah completely inadequate for our power. So, yeah, we'll 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 bring a we'll bring a, a big thing of salt. Um, we just put, put it around a, every a ring around you. Them. Yeah. Um, you know, and then clean it up the next morning when they get pissed and we lose our our cleaning deposit. Yeah, we we can we can get a we can get a fake skeleton from like Home Depot and salt and burn it in the backyard. Yeah. Could you imagine? Could you imagine just <laughs> <laughs> fake skeleton, you're salting it and burning salting it. Salting it, it with gasoline, and all of a sudden, what, what's the burnt pile of plastic out front? Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Cops show up. They're like, what the hell are you doing? We are cleansing this house. <laughs> this house is clean. You beat me to it by a second. It's payback for this afternoon. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Oh, anyway, um, but okay. Anyway, so one thing that I had when I was when I was looking for movies and things that I've actually seen that are based off of true events, you know, stuff. Okay. I'm trying to come up with stuff I've seen and I've watched. Um, um, November thirteenth, nineteen seventy four. A gentleman, a young man, uh, twenty three years old, burst into Henry's bar. In Amityville, Long Island, New York, basically claiming that his parents had been murdered. Of course, this gentleman was uh, Ronald, I think, yeah, Ronald Joseph DeFeo Jr. And uh, it was Ronald. It was Ronald. His uh, his his parents, and I think his two sisters, had been brutally murdered, and he had come home and discovered the bodies. And now, two brothers. Two brothers. Ah, okay. Uh, so just yeah. two, just two guys, two brothers. <laughs> two, guys. two brothers, two sisters, mother and father. Okay. Um, anyway, so, uh, they were shot with, uh, you know, uh, rifles. I think there was some shotgun. Uh, I, I don't know all the details of the murders. Cause 336 like, Marlin. Okay. 
Jay's obviously got this on his list. Go ahead, Jay. You got no. I don't. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, sorry. No, go ahead, Scott. That's it. That's it. Nope. I am done now. You go. I'm just filling in details as you need. That's all right. You go ahead. No, no, no. You've obviously got notes. Go ahead. No, that was it. That's all my notes. You, You go ahead. You got this. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, it ultimately turns out that Ronald DeFeo Jr. killed his parents, his sisters, and his brothers. Uh, I don't. Did they ever come up with a motive, Jay? That I don't know. That I didn't find. I didn't. Yeah, I. It, once again, it's, it's been a long time since I've actually read into the the, the whole thing. Uh, but I mean, what what, what, do you, what do you expect when you nickname your son Butch? Butch. Never been a big fan of the nickname Butch. It just it just doesn't sit well with me. You're just asking for trouble. Um, but, uh, yeah, so ultimately it was, it was determined that, 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 uh, Ronald DeFeo Jr. killed his, his parents and his siblings. And, um, of course he, he, he tried to get away with it as any killer does, just kind of what you do. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's, there's some exceptions to this rule. But anyway, fast forward to because this was in uh, when was this? This was nineteen seventy four. Seventy four. So fast forward about a year and a half, somewhere along in there, like nineteen seventy five, nineteen seventy six, right? Um, you have the the Lutz family um, uh, buys the house, and of course, the the film that it was inspired by all this. Well, sort of the book in the film was the. Uh, the Amityville horror. And so the, but, but here, here's the thing. So the Lutz family buys the house, they move into the house. And then like a year after they move out of the house, they leave the house, they sell the house. And then the, the, the dad writes sort of writes a book. They, they kind of co-write a book. They ghost author a book because the, the, there's a book that comes out, the Amityville horror. And, the Lutzes never actually engaged with the author directly. Like they just provided like 40 some hours worth of, of audio tape of what they experienced in the house. Uh, and then of course he writes the Amityville horror and, 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 and it's, it's eventually made into, um, uh, I, I guess it's a classic now. 1979, I think is when this movie comes out. What you gave me a look. What? I don't know why you're guessing that it's a classic. Yes, it's a it's a classic horror movie. I guess it's a classic. I, I don't completely understand why it's a classic. I've, I've I've seen it a couple of times, and it really seems like, hey, have you seen The Shining? Yeah, it's pretty much the same movie. Uh, yeah, it's the same damn movie. Yeah, the dad just slowly goes crazy and tries to kill everybody with an axe. This is as far as I can turn my head in disapproval. Okay, sure. I've watched both movies. They're the same. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's not good, but like, all right, well, whatever. The '70s kind of had a had a one thing going on there. Yeah, 1979. Anyway, so take whatever you want from it. That's that's what I came up with was the Amityville horror. Uh, sorry, I didn't prep more. I don't have full notes on the whole murder and everything like Jay does. And I, 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 I would have full notes on the murder. I just was, it was one that was on my list and I knew those, those details. That was it. Okay. And, and yeah, but one of the things is the, the whole thing with the Amityville horror is we, and, and we have based on a true story, quote unquote, 
it's actually not based on a true story. It's based on a novel. Um, and whether that novel, whether these events actually happened or not is technically still up in the air because the only person that's ever debunked it was the lawyer of the Lutzes who came out in an interview in like 1979, 80, something like that, and said, yeah, we made it all up, me and Lutz. We just got together over several bottles of wine and just, just made it all up. But uh, apparently nobody else. Okay, I don't know. You all are just I, I don't I don't I don't know I don't have any more details I don't there's, there's no discussion going on here you all are just sitting there looking but you're not even looking at you had more house. about the the lawyer debunking it thing I sorry I was waiting for you to finish sorry yeah I don't yeah. know no I the only other thing I don't know uh no that's all I have is that he murdered his mother his father his two brothers his two sisters and that inspired a book and. The adaptate the film adaptations. Well, the, the murders were real. That really happened. Murders yeah, the murders real. were real. Yes, but but all the all the supernatural stuff that happened to the Lutz family afterwards, because there have been, I think at least two different two maybe three subsequent owners of the the house after, um, uh, none of them have ever said we've we, they, they've all said we've never had any issues. Um, in <laughs> fact, the the only problems that any subsequent owners of the house have had have been from fans of the movies coming, swarming the house and taking pictures of their damn house to the point that those iconic windows, you know, in the Amityville horror, they've replaced those with just straight rectangle ones just so people would stop coming to the house. Cause that's all people wanted to see was those windows. And they're not even on the front of the house. They're on the sides of the house. You know, you have to go around, you have to get onto the property to go, see those i don't know if they're seeable reviewable from the street um the priest that supposedly had like at one point the priest uh that tried to bless the house went on record as saying he never had any issues like no none of that ever happened to me and then at one point years after that he did go on record saying that he was he heard a voice telling him to get out of the house but that was years after his first statement. So whether it was it was true or not is 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 all up well, in the air. It was the dad from the bathroom. He was he was trying to take a crap and he was like, Get out of my house. But he didn't emphasize why to get out of the house. He was just trying to poop. Trying to poop? Yeah. I often tell people to get out of my house when I'm pooping. He's a shy he was a shy pooper. What was it the the Family Guy where Peter eats all the dehydrated food rations and then drinks the water and he says everybody out yeah, now they do poop. yeah um but yeah no I mean nobody else has 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 experienced any paranormal phenomenon in the house uh, uh like I said, I've seen the movie a couple of times uh it's 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 like you know somebody related to Josh Brolin. I know his last name is Brolin, but I can't remember his first name. James? Yeah, there you go. Isn't he related to Josh Brolin? Yep. How is he related? His dad. His dad? I don't think Josh Brolin is that old. He's older than you think, probably. Oh, okay, I see. I'd, I'd say Brolin's in his 50s. Josh Brolin's probably in his 50s. Okay, yeah. I, I guess he could be the dad of James Brolin. See, I'm trying to make a joke here, Jay. Wait. Wait, James Brolin is the dad or Josh Brolin's the dad? James. <laughs> wow. Swing and a miss. 
<laughs> yeah. Anyway, you know him. What about him. John Brolin? You know, actually, it's funny you mentioned that because because uh, James Brolin's brother is in this movie. And is his, his name brother, John? Uh, what is? I don't know what his name is. Jack uh, Brolin. I don't know if it's John or what. Um, I don't even know if he's credited because there's just a scene where like the, this figure comes out of a room and they wanted it to look like James Brolin, but they didn't want it to be James Brolin. And they found out he had a brother. So, and his brother's not an actor. So they brought his brother on and just outfitted him with a fake beard just so he had a heavy resemblance to, you know, okay. uh, and stuff. So, I don't know. I don't know what you want me to say. Uh, the Amityville Horror, I've watched it. It's decent. It's fun. But it's still that, it, it just it just smacks of that same kind of, you know, uh, it's considered a classic. It's been remade. I have not seen the remake. It's the remake had sequels. With Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. It was good? Yeah. Um, but it's just, it just seems like it's just that, that overplayed, you know, the the place is bad and it possesses the husband who then goes crazy and tries to kill people with an axe. Kind of. A yeah, that's thing. it in a nutshell. Yeah. It's, it's... But uh, you bring up an interesting point. It, it is, it's one of those, it's one of the most well-known haunting stories in, in, you know, in history. It's also one of the most widely debunked hauntings in history. Yeah. Uh, those seem to go hand in hand. Yeah, It doesn't stop people from, you know, Hollywood. From, from coming in and I mean there's there's how many fucking sequels to the Amityville horror or movies with Amityville in the title like they aren't even correct like yeah they're, well and there's stuff that's like they're not even directly connected they just use the word Amityville because they know it'll get someone to pick up the movie off the rental shelf or click at it on Tubi or whatever you do now on Tubi Tubi Movie. Ah, it's on Tubi. Click on the click on the icon. Watch the movie. It's so good. Ah, Tubi. Fucking Tubi. I like. It. Yeah. It's letting me watch B four again, or B five again. So Tubi is because you don't already own all of B five. Oh yeah, I own everything for B five, including Crusade and The Lost Tales uh, and the beginning. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. So what okay. do you need Tubi for? Tubi. So you can say Tubi. I can watch it in the kitchen while I'm like, you know, doing dishes and fixing dinner and stuff. Okay. Tubi or not Tubi? That is the question. Whether it's over in the mind. Sorry. You can't start that quote and then just not go all the way. It was Jay does Arnold does Shakespeare. (laughs) Badly. (laughs) Anyway. No, it's a good, it's a great case to bring up, Scott, because it is one of those again that there's there's, uh, yes, it is a horror classic, Scott. I guess. Uh, it, it it that doesn't mean it's good. It just means it's a classic. Um, yeah, it, it's it's as far as like haunted house movies go, it's up. It, it's you know it's on the Mount Rushmore of haunted house movies, and it inspired you know generations of movies that came, and you know basically just did the same thing in the yeah. remakes and all that and, and the my, it's, it's a good i was gonna say in my opinion it's not even that great of a haunted house movie because once again the, the biggest effect is on the husband like there's not a lot of haunted house aspects to it yeah but that's just like 
your opinion, dude. I know. Yeah, that's just like I your know. opinion, man. Yeah. <laughs> it, look, the original, when I watched it, I, I felt the same way. I was like, okay, this was like, because again, by the time I finally watched it, it had been very hyped up. It was like, it's a horror classic. And I was like, okay. Weird. It's got, it's got Margot Kidder, right, is the wife. Which has a great scene and like a little negligee thing, you know, and, and everything. And she's almost but not quite topless in this. And it yeah. does have that scene, yeah. It does. Uh, that was weird as a kid. Like, why is Lois Lane wearing like nothing? That's, I feel weird in my funny places. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, and again, it's a product of its age, it, it's a product of early mid 70s filmmaking. Uh, the remake when I saw it in theaters, you know, now that we have decades of tricks to play on audiences and, and ways to make you jump out of your seat, I think is a better execution of the same story. <clears throat> but it begs the question, does it matter if the movie or if the, the, the story is, is completely a hoax? No. Does that, does that somehow diminish the quality of the film or, or the, the notoriety of the film? Yes. Okay. I don't know. I just well, like, yeah. Point, and, 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 point. Okay. Well, there, there, in, therein lies the thing that you said. I think you said at the beginning of this this podcast. It's been a while now. I don't remember. I've slept since then. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, now where you said you know it, it, when when truth gets in the way, print the legend or something. You know, dude, tell 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 the story. You just what? What am I? With truth gets in the way, print the legend. He's, he, he means you're, you're, you're mixing two different phrases that mean the same thing. It's funny. It's it's fine. It's fine. Scott, you can take this job and shovel it. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Close enough. You've really licked your match this time. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Your meat. People in, people in glass houses shouldn't lead horses to water. Wait. Okay. I'm Never let the truth get in the way of a good story, or when go. that's the thing. Yeah, that's that's the one. When truth becomes legend, print the legend. There you go. When when the truth is in the way of a story, print the legend. Yes. When the legend, when the legend gets in the way of the story, print the truth. No, wait, reverse no, no, it. No, 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 wait, reverse it. It has yeah, to be your you. bull. Yeah, that's the thing. Whether it happened or not, it's still a good story. You know, it's it's still a good you know whole whole thing and everything. And um, personally, in my opinion, just reading through the history and everything, because um, I tried to watch this a little bit this afternoon at work, but people kept asking me damn questions and stuff. You know, and I kept having to take my earbuds out. It was really annoying. Um, was uh, I firmly believe. Yeah, well, you and Bobby. Bobby walked up and started talking to me at one point and was like halfway through a paragraph before I realized he was there talking to me. Um, but uh, I firmly believe that the Lutzes knew the history of the house and bought it specifically with this in mind. Because they were going to try and cash in on the murders by coming up with, hey, the house is now haunted. We're going to move out. We're going to sell it. Because they got it cheap because yeah, the they were only in the house for like eight weeks. Yeah, but they owned it for like a year. So it's right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were only in the house for like a couple of months or whatever. And then they left. I think they firmly went in with the with like, hey, we can get this house cheap because it's a murder house. Nobody wants it. We stay there for whatever we, we can. We leave and then 
you know, we cash in on the murders and we we tell this story and we we find a way. Now I don't know if they had a plan. Like they're like, yeah, we can sell the movie rights. That I don't, I don't know if they were that far ahead. But they're like, there's a way to make money here. Uh, that's just a belief on my part. I don't I don't have any evidence to support that or anything. I'm just just from what I've read, I can see it. That's fine, Scott, because the people who have evidence to prove it happened don't have any evidence either. It's just a belief on their part. Scott, I just have one question. Seven. When when Bobby comes up to you at work and asks you a question that you find annoying or senseless or stupid, do you throw out the phrase, damn it, Bobby? No. Oh. Because Bobby, you should, Bobby has never asked a question I have thought is senseless or stupid. Just going for the King of the Hill reference. I, I get it, Bobby. I get that. But it was prefaced off of you know him saying something stupid. And I've never had Bobby actually ask me a stupid question. That's fair. I get stupid questions all the time. So well. Yeah, who you work with versus who yeah. That's that's fair. Uh anyway. all right, Jay Brony. Okay. So my my friend Scott, who I affectionately refer to as Scotty, you do, and I were different Scott. Okay, <clears throat> For you, it would be not Scott. I'm not Scott. I thought I was Scott. No, you're. You are Scott. He's talking you're about. Scott. I'm talking Scott. about not Scott. Wow. He's married to Phonicole. Or wait, no, you're not Scott. Technically, I'm not Scott for phone Nicole. Phone Nicole yes. is phone Nicole for me. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Anyway, so Scotty and I are driving out to Virginia. We're on our way to Virginia to see some friends from high school who live in Richmond. And uh, we were going to go to Washington. Huh? So we were going to go to Richmond. And then after Richmond, we were going to go to Washington, D.C., to watch his cousin play on the PGA Tour. This was quite a few years ago. Uh, anyway, we're driving out, and we're getting to the border of Ohio and West Virginia, and we have to cross the Ohio River, and we're going across the Ohio River, and there's a sign that says, Welcome to Point Pleasant. And crossing a bridge on the River Ohio. Into isn't, Point Pleasant. Isn't this and, where the uh, 70s show takes place? What's that? Isn't this where that 70s show takes place? No, I don't think so. Anyway, so uh, we're crossing the bridge, and, and my buddy Scotty goes, Ha-ha, Point Pleasant, Ha-ha, a bridge on the River Ohio. And then he gets this look on his face like, oh, my God, and then speeds up to get across the bridge. So then we spent the next... 20 or 30 minutes talking about the Mothman prophecies. <laughs> uh, so that's my next one is the Mothman. So the Mothman was supposedly this human sized creature with giant wings like a moth and glowing red eyes. Uh, it was witnessed in the Point Pleasant area of West Virginia, witnessed by a young couple who said that they then got in their car and drove away, and the Mothman 
followed them flying and screeching the entire time until they got to the outskirts of uh, Point Pleasant. And then it would not go into the city limits. Uh, now, the Mothman, quotes Mothman, was spotted between November 15th, 1966 and December 15th, 1967. Now, December 15th, 1967 is a very specific date because that is also the day that the collapse of the Silver Bridge happened. So uh, this bridge that went across the Ohio River collapsed and killed, I think it was 48 people. I were 48 people on this bridge at once. Um just driving across it it just happened to the whole bridge just collapsed into the ohio river and between the bridge collapsing and people getting caught in cars and drowning um 48 people died and the bridge collapse was blamed on the mothman and there were a whole slew i mean a whole slew of like conspiracy theories of it's an alien no, it's actually a Mothman. No, he predicts the future. Oh, he's a time trap. All this, like, weird shit gets thrown out about the Mothman. Um, but the common thing is, it was like a white body, white wings, with glowing red eyes that were hypnotizing to look at. Um, so, of course, Moth the Mothman sightings inspired a book called The Mothman Prophecies, which I think came out in 75, I think. I have I, I looked it up, but I can't remember now off the top of my head. And then in 2002, was adapted for the for film uh, and starred Richard Gere. Um, okay, well, so, I, you know, I've heard of The Mothman uh, over, over the years and, and stuff. And, yeah, you've got, really, that's not what I want. Um, you got the Mothman prophecies um, from 2002, like you said. That's that was, but there's like apparently a slew of movies based off of this. So I've got Mothman 2010, Mothman 2022, Mothman 2000, Mothman Legacy 2020, Mothman of Point Pleasant 2017, the Mothman tapes of 2022. Yeah, like, Mothman became a a. A cryptid slash urban legend on the same level as like Bigfoot and the Chupacabra. Yeah. God. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and it was like, like I said, Scotty and I were crossing that the Ohio River and the the, the sign said Point Pleasant. And that got him thinking. And then we started talking about the movie and he's like, have you ever seen the movie? And I said, no. So we ended up watching it on the trip. Um. After we had gone through Point Pleasant, of course. But, like, after I watched it, I was like, oh, man, I understand now why you were freaking out on that bridge. Because it's like, oh, death on the River Ohio. And the whole plot of, like, oh, the the nuclear power plant explodes or whatever. So what, what got into Scotty's head was he saw the power plant, like in the film. We were on the bridge crossing the river. And it just, everything all at once, his imagination got the best of him. And he just, like, was like, we need to get off this fucking bridge right now. So. I, I'm I'm sorry. This this just not, I'm, I'm looking at the Mothman Prophecies uh, IMDb entry. And this, 
this does not seem like a Richard Gere movie to me at all. No, it's a very strange. I don't know what the hell he was doing. I don't know if he was hard up for a paycheck or owed somebody a favor or, yeah. Strange. I remember the hype around that movie and the whole, like, oh, it's based on, you know, real legends and blah, blah, blah. And And then watching it and being like, the hell was that? Yeah, it's a very strange movie, but um, it was one that, again, that I thought of when you said inspired by true events. I was like, well, how much were these, how much was this couple drinking up in the hills of West Virginia? You know, they they get into that white lightning a little too hard. Did they, they hit the that Mountain, Mountain Dew? Dew? Hey, if it's some good shit, you you can get some good homemade shit. I've I've had really good homemade white light stuff. Uh, you can get you can get wasted on that stuff. Ooh, wait, here yeah, here's another That's butchered a, point. Yeah, here's another butchered quote for you. Is that rocket fuel or what? You know, from October Sky. No, no, nobody. Yeah, when when they go to get the alcohol for the liquid binder for the propellant. Yeah. Is it that, or does he say pure jet fuel? Rocket fuel. He goes, is it something along the lines of, now I'm going to look it up. It's been a while since I've watched uh, Silver Sky, even though I do love that movie. It's a great movie. Hey, Scott, you'll yes. appreciate this, you know, other, if you don't already know this. Are you sure? The reason that that movie is called October Sky is because it's a, is it anagram? Is that when they mix up the letters? Or uh, when you mix up letters and form new words? I thought it was called October Sky because that's when Sputnik went up. No, it's called October Sky because if you mix up the letters of the book Rocket Boys, you can spell October Sky. So it was based on the book Rocket Boys. Yeah, but Rocket yes, it also worked out that October is when October Sky out. is an anagram of Rocket Boys. That is very true. It is. Uh, it is also used in a period broadcast describing Sputnik 1 as cross the October sky. So I guess it's just a weird fortuitous thing that it worked both ways and they used it for the title yeah okay i did I forgot not, what i was looking up now i remembered okay. i did not know that but that is a very interesting uh uh in- interesting uh i can't say factoid that's not right uh tidbit factoid yeah it's that not- is a sure is a fun thing i would keep scrolling right past on imdb Yes, but now he sent me into a rabbit hole. Yeah, he does that. <laughs> it's okay. I'm about to send us down a big one. Here they got notes. So we talked Amityville Horror already, and I was I was going to use this dovetail off on this one, but it's okay. We got Mothman in between there. So the Amityville Horror. Or the, the Amityville haunting, the haunting of the, the Lutz family home, is also one of the claim to fames of some people we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about. Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh, God. And if Ed Gein was like a five for the price of one, strap it. <laughs> strap it. So. Ed and Lorraine Warren. If the names sound familiar, they are the couple at the center of the Conjuring universe of films. 
there are paranormal investigators and authors and lecturers and museum tour guides. Uh, Ed is a self-taught and self-professed demonologist. Because apparently you can do that. Lorraine claims to be a clairvoyant and a light trance medium. I don't know what light trance means. It makes me curious if there's a heavy trance and the well, medium trance. Well, Can you I mean, be a medium trance medium? Well, you yes. know, it's in it's in Ghostbusters. Whenever she's interviewing uh, Winston, she says, "Do you believe in full trance mediums?" But this is light trance. Yeah, light trance, full trance, half trance. Yeah, half or a hundred percent, light or full. Yeah, semi trance. Anyway, <clears throat> I was trying to make a medium trance medium joke, Scott. <laughs> I'm an extra medium medium. Do you, do you believe uh, full trans mediums, the Loch Ness monster, the existence of Atlantis? Full and light don't don't aren't comparable terms to me. Oh, like okay. light heavy, light medium yeah. heavy. I don't I don't light and full don't go. Yeah, you've got a full load time. or you've got a light load. Anyway, in <laughs> oh, 1952, they load. founded the NSPR, the New England Society for Psychic Research. And claimed to have investigated over 10,000 cases of paranormal activity. Some of their cases include, stop me when you've heard of this movie title, Annabelle. 1968, two roommates claimed a Raggedy Ann doll was possessed by a young girl named Annabelle Higgins. The Warrens took the doll, claiming it was uh, being manipulated by an inhuman presence. It is, well, was currently on display at their occult museum. The museum's closed now. Uh, the Perone family in 1971. Uh, the Warrens claimed the Perone family was haunted by a witch who lived there in the early 19th century who cursed the land so whoever lived in the house would die a horrible death. That's the plot of The Conjuring 1. Uh, Amityville we talked about. Uh, the Enfield Poltergeist. From 1977 in North End, London, a family uh, reported a haunting. The Warrens were convinced it was a demonic possession, a case that has been widely discredited as a hoax in which the Warrens apparently arrived uninvited <laughs> and returned away. Nice. And then uh, Arnie Johnson, 1981, was accused of killing his landlord prior to the murder. The Warrens were called to deal with a demonic possession of his fiance's younger brother. The Warrens claimed Johnson was also possessed by a demon. This led to the first time, so by association, not the last time, someone pled guilty by reason of demonic possession in a court of law. Jesus. It did not work. Oh. He was sentenced to... Uh, I forget how long, 30 years in prison, but only served five. I'm not quite sure how that worked out. Um, so, yes, the Warrens uh, are a real factual couple. They are indeed two human beings who existed on this planet. Um, Ed died in 2000... Too far, sorry. 2006, Lorraine died in 2019. <laughs> they're no longer with us, or maybe they are. 2000, uh, too far. Sorry, it was just okay. funny to me. Okay, uh, so they did exist. They were paranormal investigators. They traveled the world investigating uh, uh, demonic possessions and haunted houses and cursed objects and things like that. And uh, 
Hollywood finally came a calling and turned their their version of their life stories into the Conjuring universe. Conjuring, Conjuring 2, Annabelle, Annabelle Creation, Annabelle Comes Home, Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It, uh, The Nun, The Nun 2, Curse of La Llorona. I think that's all of them to date, but I could be missing some. Once again, um, definitely a, a, an example of when legends or true stories print legends, not the true stories, because the true stories are not as fun as the legends. Yeah, so you might be saying, wow, they sure did associate themselves with a lot of famous hauntings. Yes, they sure interjected themselves into lots of well-publicized cases of hauntings. Uh, yeah, they've been under scrutiny for, for decades. Um, they've been largely accused of being hoaxes. Um, there was a group of skeptics who were sent out to kind of like give, you know, investigate the warrants for a while. Uh, and their conclusion was they had poor scientific investigations lacked any real evidence, lots of quote-unquote fish stories about evidence that got away, uh, predetermined conclusions that they adhered to religiously. Uh, they were never accused of actively conning or scanning people out of money. Uh, they never charged people to come out and do investigations and stuff like that. That's a, a thing they, they quoted a lot. Uh, but they did reinforce delusions. Um, they ran a museum out of their house of occult items from their hauntings. They charged money to come to the museum. They uh, published numerous books over the decades about their the hauntings, even the ones they seemingly had not much to do with at all. Um, one of which, I want to point this out, so I get allergies. Uh, the book is called In a Dark Place. It is the Warren's account of the haunting of a former funeral home, which was the basis of the movie Haunting in Connecticut. It was co-written by a guy named Ray Gorton. Ray Gordon is a horror writer. Okay. Okay. Out there. They've also done lectures or did lectures all over the place, which they were paid for. Um, so, yeah. The Warrens. I sure do love those movies. <laughs> I mean... Well, so yeah, so the 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 movies actually, for the most part, pretty decent movies. They're okay. Um, uh, I, 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 my favorite of of them is the Nun. Um, but that's just because I'm a sucker for the whole you know Catholic horror thing. Um, uh, the the Annabelle series I really liked. Like once you kind of get later in the series and the, the the later movies make the early movies make, make a little more sense and yeah, stuff throw the first one right out yeah it, it, it's flawed but you know once you get there it's it, it's okay the thing that i dislike about the actual conjuring movies like the ones with with the warrens front and center is that whole um and it's not a trope. I can't think of it as a trope because I don't know of any other movies that do this. Like, like all the cases they get brought into, like in, in all three movies, like there's a they debunk each case as a hoax, but then find an underlying supernatural element that the people who were perpetuating perpetuating the hoax didn't know about. Unless I'm remembering that. Right, because they do so much scrutinous research every time they come onto a case, Scott. Yeah. Now, once again, if if you're trying to, if, if you look, if, if I separate the on-screen um, Warrens 
versus the real Warrens, because the real Warrens were basically just doing whatever they could to sell their side show attraction of a of a what, what would you call it a horror or a occult a, museum a cult museum yeah they, they just had a sideshow attraction and so they were trying whatever they could in an age before social media can you imagine if the if the warrens had existed during the age of social media like <laughs> in their height i know they were alive during it but during their height like when they were actively doing all their stuff they'd have been all over the place on tiktok and and Facebook and the YouTubes and 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 all that good stuff with their their cult museum. It would just be it would have been great. It would have been awesome. The so, Tiki Takis and the, the YouTubes, the YouTubers, the Instagrammers. Yeah, the, they would have been awesome. I'm just saying. It's I'm with Scott because I enjoy the movies. I really do, and and their story. As fabricated as it may be in certain elements, the, the, the history of the, the fact that they're a couple that investigated the occult for decades and had something to do with so many famous hauntings is ready tailor-made for movies. And and Warner Brothers has has ridden that gravy train all the way to the bank, um, turning what was just a really cool horror movie into an entire MCU level uh, connected universe of you know the, the conjuring universe uh, and spin-offs and sequels to spin-offs and, and, and uh, there's at least two other spin-offs of characters introduced in conjuring movies that are supposed to be coming um, all allegedly based somewhat on on cases they were involved in you know there's, there's the entire museum is said to contain, cursed or haunted or possessed or, or artifacts used in occult you know rituals and stuff so like every single thing every single piece of junk in that room is a potential spin-off movie waiting to happen so i i see the the movie producer part of my brain is like we can book the shit out of that yeah people love horror movies people never get bored of horror movies even if we only make one every couple of years people love horror movies obviously <coughs> we can keep this thing going um so yeah but that being said and look i get the irony of a guy who dresses up like a ghostbuster for fun on the weekends saying that i don't believe in ghosts uh to be a bit ironic um but i don't i i I think there are two kinds of people in this world there are people who want to believe in ghosts so therefore when they see something that cannot instantly easily be explained their conclusion is it must be a ghost and there are people who look at things and go huh that's weird. I wonder why that's happening. And then try to actually investigate and find a reason for it. And and uh, all of your fucking Zach Baggins ghost adventure jackasses. People, look, I'm not one to begrudge someone a weird hobby on the weekends. If you have fun running around old farmhouses with your buddies, have fun. You're not hurting anybody. Uh, until you hurt somebody. We'll get that later. Um, I, I don't, I'm not trying to begrudge people that. But Night vision cameras and and our EMF detectors and and all the bullshit pseudoscience you think is going to somehow explain and capture ghosts and and paranormal phenomena. It's all fucking bullshit. And if you believe in it, you're a fucking moron because there's not a shred of scientific evidence that EMF has anything to do with spiritualism. It's 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 dials and knobs making noises to make a show. That's what it is. If you have fun with it, 
have fun with it. But if you believe anything more than just we're having fun with it, that's when the problems start. And that's my problem with the real warrants. Again, they never charged people to come out and do investigations, but they absolutely, just like Scott brought up with the family of Amityville, they absolutely monetized the shit out of this. Oh, they uh, did? Again, yeah, yeah. The, the whole investigation in England where they were never asked to come out. They just showed up. Says all you need to know about them. We wanted our names mentioned in the same sentence as this haunting yes. to drive promotion. Yes, their, their entire point was to have their names synonymized, synonymous with this 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 world um, to promote their occult museum. Like they had a sideshow attraction, and everything they did was to because they needed to make a living, and I'm fine with that, and I have no problems with charging people to come look at your sideshow attraction because I've I love sideshow attractions. And if they were around and doing lectures in town, I'd ask absolutely go see a lecture. I would most definitely. And and I think is is there a cult museum still still around? Like it is, is the, currently closed. Uh, I don't know if it was a pandemic thing or what, but it, as far as I can tell, it's currently closed. It's still owned by yeah. I think the the daughter and, and son in law, but yeah. it is not currently open. Yeah, because. If I were the daughter and son-in-law and, and I inherited the occult museum and the conjuring verse was still popular, I fucking yeah, I'm cashing in on that shit. Come come see my museum. Charging a lot more than 13 bucks a ticket now. Exactly. And you know what? I would gladly pay 25, maybe $30 to go see a bunch of junk sitting on a shelf that you could buy at a Goodwill. Because <laughs> that's mostly what it is. But I would do it. Just because of the name, because of what they did. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, uh, so what you're saying is, so hang on. So okay. my 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 1950s Leica camera that has the light leak on it. Can mm -hmm. I can I not bring pictures that were taken with that camera to Scarefest to to, to troll the, the 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 investigators with? You can because we know you're trolling them. <laughs> That's why I love these Ghostbusters. See. Because we all know, when as soon as we sit down, this is a movie. None of this is real. This is all pretend. This is all for fun. We don't think any of this shit is real, except for Dan Aykroyd, but he's Dan Aykroyd. He's, he's crazy Uncle Danny. Uh, uh, it's, it's the people who, who... And it goes back to the old Houdini uh, medium debunking thing. If you're trying to profit off someone's guilt and, and, and loss and whatnot, that makes you a terrible person. And, and perpetuating the delusion that... that Again, it just it drives me nuts. Mostly, well, mostly that it works. It drives me nuts that people still watch fucking ghost adventures and and all these stupid I, paranormal I, I, hunting I agree. shows. I, I agree. So, so I know we're going down a bit of a rabbit hole here, but but I, it's our I, show. But first of all, when it comes to the people at like you know the, the paranormal uh, who who go to local conventions and stuff like the ones that have TV shows. You can't entirely get upset with them because of the TV show, because they're just cashing in on, hey, there are people out there who will eat this ship up, shit up. We can make money on it. What kills me is when those same people come around to our booth and they're like, like, oh, do you do actual blah, blah, blah? Oh, hey. And they try to tell us about their actual investigation. Like, dude, we know you're doing a TV show. You know you're doing a fucking TV show. Just don't treat us like morons. 
read the room. So, yeah, that, that kills me. I, it's just like George R. R. Martin, you know? Um, I, I And I know this is a rabbit hole that it, it, it would take me a long time to connect these two. But, yeah, trust me, it's exactly like George R. R. Martin. It would take me more time than we have for me to connect these two for you. Okay. We're going to put a pin in that for another show, apparently. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, that's my whole rant about ghost hunters and, and, and all that. stuff. No, I don't believe any of it. Um, but, hey, if that's what you do on the weekend to have fun, have fun with it. It's when you start trying to make money off of it and profit from people's loss, then you're a piece of shit. So, again, as much as I hate Dildo Baggins or whatever his name is from Ghost Adventures, uh, I can't get too mad at him because people keep buying his books and watching his shows and going to his museum. So I can't be too mad at him for cashing out. Dildo Baggins. His name's Zach Baggins. He's, 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 if you look up douchebag in the dictionary, his picture's right there. Gotcha. I thought that was me. No, you're an asshole. That's true. He's an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> ole, ole, ole. I, I heard a, I heard a great quote the other day. It was which what was it? I'm not an asshole. I'm just selectively nice. <laughs> that works too. So, uh, Jay, you got anything else in the uh, loaded ready to I, go? I, I do. I got, I got one more for you. I have one more. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so, 1990. There was a four-day span where five students were murdered in Gainesville, Florida. Stop me if you've heard this, John. You're good. Okay. Uh, So five students were murdered in Gainesville, Florida in four days by a man named Daniel Harold Rowling, a.k.a. the Gainesville Ripper. Uh, he eventually confessed to the killing of eight people, not just the five. And then he also confessed to attempting to murder his own father in Louisiana in 1990, earlier that year. But I bring this up because this story is what inspired the Scream screenwriter to pen... You better name you. You better drop that screenwriter's name, or we're gonna get complaints. I Kevin Williamson. Okay, there you go. I didn't. Sorry, I didn't write it down. I didn't. You do research, but you don't take notes. Yeah, I I took notes. Yeah, I have notes. Notes. Okay. Okay. Uh, I just didn't write his name down. Sorry. So anyway, this um, this murder, like, or this string of murders, inspired uh, Scream. So. Um, they're just well, showing I mean, what, what, what Wes, inspired Scream, Jay. What, what details? Wes, Wes Craven loved, you know, real world stuff that just kind of sparked his his imagination, his interests, and stuff. So go ahead. Oh no, I didn't know how many. I don't have any more details. I just, yeah, John, do you have more details? Was this one? No, because this wasn't my story. Oh. So, uh, but I think uh, Scott's alluding to that uh, Freddy Krueger and the whole Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. is based on a, a true story that 
Wes Craven read about in the newspaper. Yeah, 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 that I saw as well. Yeah. yeah, once again, true story is 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 a whole thing. Wes Craven liked to take like articles and incidents like in a broad stroke and use them as an as an inspiration for his ideas. Like the one we're talking about is uh it was just a like a bunch of uh uh it's like six guys that died in their sleep and they were all like uh it was young Thailand. men. They were Thailand refugees. They were not old people, yeah. they were young people, they were all refugees. They died in their sleep suddenly, unexpectedly, um, uh, and like several of them refused to go to sleep. And it was that whole, you know, trying to stay awake thing. It's like the broad strokes that he would use to make a good horror story. Just, hey. Yeah, the question of why were they so afraid to fall asleep led exactly. to Freddy Krueger. Yeah, and, and I don't, I was actually looking this, this this up. I was trying to find more information on the actual backstory but it's it's very like there's not a lot of details. Hmm. It was they were escaping. I saw this story as well, Scott. They were escaping yeah. something in their home country, and it was and such for, like a yeah. horrific experience for these young men that it, like they were having nightmares, and yeah, but, they didn't want to go to sleep. Yeah, but there was there was there was never any. From what I can see, there was never any like um, uh, definitive like like causality like they just know what happened but nobody really knows exactly what happened or anything so yeah it, it, it I, I, I don't know but um yeah so the these what was it five guys in florida did you say jay it was it was five students in four days five students in four, but they never caught the guy no they did oh, um, they did. yeah Dar- daniel harold rolling um they they got him. He was tried. He was convicted and sentenced to death. And he was sentenced to death in I think it was two thousand six by lethal injection. Um, but he was did they he was sentenced in like nineteen ninety four. Did they ever get a motive? I that I didn't find. Yeah, I'm trying to find what about these killings inspired him to write the screen. What 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 was the guy's name again? Daniel. Harold Rowling. I think it was just the fact that, like, the idea of somebody just murdering students is what. Okay. I would say, but I don't. I, like I said, yeah. I did research, John, but I didn't go that deep. Huh. Uh, okay. What? I don't consider that deep. That that, that was the point. Is is true stories <laughs> that inspired horror movies, and your, your thing was this dude killed five students in four days, and that inspired Scream. And okay, what what, what about it? But okay. So apparently, in 2022, it said that Discovery Plus. There's an article from 2022 saying Discovery Plus is going to be launching a two-hour documentary as pa- a part of their shock. Docs series in horror, and I don't know what this is because I, I don't know about it. Uh, of the new entry into the Scream fr- tran- franchise titled Scream the True Story. Um, December of 96, Scream made its debut, blah, 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 greatly inspired by a drifter in Florida who murdered five college students over the course of three days in August of 90. Uh, uh, it gives details about the case and everything. 
I mean, it's just like I I don't I mean yeah. Like I said, I I did my re- I looked into yeah. it, but there was no like with without without seeing the documentary, and I'm curious about the documentary now. Um, it may just be that. Literally, this guy killed five students in West Craven. Said, "Yeah, I can make a movie around that." <laughs> well, because it, well, but it wasn't Williamson, the screenwriters who were talking. Yeah, it was about, the screenwriter who, yeah, who who wrote the screenplay, and he. I, I'm guessing that it was just like, "Hey, here's an idea," and it might have inspired him to come up with this idea. I'll be right back. Hold on. Yeah, I got, well, one, I got one more. Yeah, and 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 I mean. See now, I'm really, I'm really confused. I am very confused. So when, when, when was this guy? When was this guy caught? Like I think in. Did you find that out? In that no, hold on, let me go back to it. I want to say he was caught in like 1990, maybe. Yeah, so I'm seeing a picture of him in his trial in '94 and stuff like that. So, and and when did? Yeah, and and so the movie came out after he was caught. Yeah, 96 is when he it came out. He was sentenced to death in 1994. Yeah. Inject, lethal injection 2006. Yeah. Uh, and everything. So he was caught before the movie came out. Yet the movie has this the great twist. Have you, have you seen Scream? You've seen Scream, right? Oh, yes. I've seen Scream. Yeah. I've seen Scream. It's a decent little movie. Um, you know, it's, it's not a bad little independent film. See, uh, and I wish John Obi John had been here when I made that joke because it it had definitely gotten a rise out of him, but um, but he wasn't. So you know, we can't we can't do it. It's his fault. He missed the joke. It was great. I'm sorry. Um, yes, I'm talking. About... <laughs> I made a joke that Scream was a was a decent little independent film. See, that's too bad. No one ever heard of it. You know, that's what I was looking for. Thank you. Um, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, the whole twist, like, like this is what's killing me in, in this one is okay. Students in, in five days or whatever, five students in four days, seven days, whatever it is. But like in scream, there's a twist at the end. You know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen scream, you know, it's only been a couple of years, it's almost 30 years old. We're going to spoil scream. If you haven't seen scream yet, this is one, this one's on you. No, no, it's okay. There's two killers. Oh my god. See, you just spoiled it. You just There's you two just, killers. You just ruined the whole thing. And their plan is to blame the whole thing on the media, which is why I was waiting for like something of that to be in the in the, the real life story of like, oh, that's where the idea came yeah, from. Yeah, well, I'm, so we were looking at that and I'm curious because the killer was caught mm-hmm. and everything. So it's not like the the screenplay was written and the movie was made before the killer was known, like before the investigation completed. Like you know, um, it's like the killer was known. So where did the like like I, I'm 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 curious. I I want to know like the guy that wrote the screenplay. Like he's just like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna screw the ending. Just screw all that. I'm gonna I got an idea. You know, I just like how does he come up with that twist? And you, I, I don't know. Again, yeah, I guess let's wait for the documentary. And I, I wasn't blaming you, Jad. I, I I kept waiting for like the other shoe to drop of like, well, that's where this idea came from. I don't in think reading, that... he did it wearing a shitty Halloween costume. That's where that idea came from. Uh, in in reading the the description of the murders, he killed all of his victims with a K bar. Okay. Okay. 
No, it's not well, in the movie. It's, it's a hunting knife in the movie, but I can see that right. there's yeah. a connection. I can see the 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 K-bar knife and the hunting. Okay, I, okay, I can, okay. Yeah, that'll I work. I won't. I won't get into more of the awful details, but he didn't call his victims beforehand and quiz them about uh, horror movies. That's, no, did no. Okay. Did, did he use their nipples to make a belt? No. No. Anyway, I had I'll to get... bring it back. It's bringing yeah. it back. It's a mm-hmm. callback. You love callbacks. I do. You do. I do. I've got one more, and this one is just for you, Jay. Okay. <laughs> 1993. Actually, back that up. Because the events actually happened in... can't read my own handwriting. Sick him, Jay. Sick him. 1970-something. <laughs> Don't do your research. Write the notes. I wrote notes, but I didn't write down down when the movie came out. But apparently, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I'm with you, Jay. Like, what was his muse? What did he he sit down and watch the the trial, and that's what inspired him? Where's where's all your details? I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Uh, Dude, you're right. No, that's uh, that's uh, yeah. I got nothing, Jay. Uh, Past John has failed me here. Because he did not write down, I wrote down the year the movie came out. I didn't. I apparently did not write down the year the events actually took place. So, um, yeah, point off for me. Um, yeah, sorry. Okay, there's a book called The Walton Experience. No, not those Waltons. Scott. Yeah, I knew you were going there. It's even in my notes. No, not those Waltons. <laughs> um, written too. by a guy named Travis Walton. Now, Travis Walton was a logger working on a seven-man crew to clear a certain section of the forest. Um, one day, whilst driving back from the job site, they reportedly saw an illuminated object floating above the roadway to which Travis <laughs> dreamt out of the car to go touch and then went missing for five days. Jay, you want to say it? Aliens. That's what he said. Uh, he appeared. So there was a search for him. There were helicopters and, and search dogs and combing the forest and uh, combing deserts and combing everything. Lots of combs, combing everywhere. Um, he found shit. Thank you. Nice. Uh, he disappeared November 5th. Again, I didn't write down the year. He reappeared November 12th. Uh, five days and six hours later, he reappeared. He called his sister. Now, I feel like when you're thinking, okay, how did he have money for a phone call if he was abducted by aliens? He called Collect. That is actually an important part of the story because when you call kids, calling Collect, kids pay phones, <laughs> kids' phones before they were smart. <laughs> they had a cord. Uh, but there's a thing called the collect call where you would you would call uh, you would dial a number from, and a, say, from a public from a phone, publicly well, used on. phone that you paid money in to use. But you would say uh, basically you would charge the person you were calling for the call. Yeah, you, you what, can you can make a collect call from a private phone too. Okay. Anyway. Well, yeah, but, yeah. So in making a collect call to his sister, there's there's a thing or there was a thing called an operator. Uh-huh. who worked the phone lines. And when the operator, physical, real person, saw this guy's name, Travis Walton calling so-and-so, she's like, isn't that the guy that they're all looking for? That's a little weird. And she flagged the call. 
which is what led uh, authorities to to find him. Uh, he he was picked up by his brother-in-law and some people, but the, they they didn't call authorities right away. Uh, I know a little fishy, right? So anyway, Travis's story was that he was abducted by by otherworldly visitors, uh, aliens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he describes losing consciousness when he was struck by a beam of light, then awaking in a hospital-like room with three short, bald creatures. He claims to have forgot, uh, or sorry, have fought with them until a human wearing a helmet appeared and escorted him into a separate room, where he blacked out after three other seemingly human people put a plastic mask over his face. He then remembers nothing until he was walking along the side of the road. That's his story, and he's sure more or less stuck to it. You know what? You know what this sounds like to me? Hmm. He he got done with his buddies logging. They said, hey, we found this mystical mushroom while we were logging. Why don't you take it? He did, took it. Did, did they take a shortcut to get to the mushrooms? Yeah. He he wound up he wound up uh, you know taking the mystical mushroom and uh, ended up you know in this magical alien place which I would probably call a hospital and then they released him but he doesn't remember any of it because of his mystical mushroom that he took. It's funny you say that, Jay. So remember I said he was part of a logging crew. Yeah. It was his his I think sister or brother in law. So it was it was it was someone he was close to had put in an independent contract to clear out this section of the forest, and they were falling way behind schedule uh, when this happened. Which is not the first fishy thing about this story. There's a lot of fishy things about this story. When he reappeared and they took him finally, uh, like a day later, took him to the an actual hospital to get looked at. Doctors took note of a weird lesion on his uh, elbow, consistent with intravenous drug use. Oh, maybe it wasn't a mystical mushroom. Maybe it was a mystical syringe. There are a lot of other weird parts about his story, but needless to say, 1993, this whole thing got made into a film called Fire in the Sky. Um, which was right on the edge of like X Files and Aliens Are Real and the truth Uh-oh. is out there and that whole '90s resurgence of of UFOs and little green men and Roswell and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right on the the cusp of all yeah. that. Hit in the right perfect time for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, if you're thinking of now, I'm not discouraging you from watching the movie because it's an entertaining movie. Just know that about 90% of it, total bullshit. Uh, the screenwriter said flat out, look, we looked at Walton's account. It was boring. The uh, the, uh, the executives flat out told the screenwriters, this is boring. We need you to punch it up. Make it more exciting. Make it more terrifying. Just go with it. Um, and that's exactly what happened. A lot of what you see in the film is just is is purely from the minds of the screenwriters. Even the director um, flat out said, director Robert Lieberman suspected the entire thing was a complete hoax or maybe a prank that got out of control, uh, pulled by Travis on his friends and then maybe got a little out of hand. Uh, he said it was the result of some beer laced with bad LSD more than it was extraterrestrials. Hey, the movie has a great cast, though. It does. Now, again, 
this is this is a perfect point of never let the truth get in the way of a good story because uh, yeah. the movie is fun it's entertaining and that's good cast it's one of the few movies that like takes alien abduction like seriously and tries to make it like creepy and scary uh and, and, and attacks some of the psychological aspects of okay if that really happened to somebody what would they be like when they came back as opposed to playing it for laughs like we would see just a few years later in like independence day um because this quickly became kind of a a, a, a trope, uh, an overdone trope. The the aliens abducted me, like yeah. Um, but yeah, based on an actual story, the 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 book he wrote, the Walton Experience, was later retitled Fire in the Sky as well. Uh, so if you're looking for the book, you might try looking into that title as well. Just know that Walton was a, uh, a UFO enthusiast um, before this even happened. And since then, he's become kind of a, a cult figure in the world of alien abduction. Uh, he, he goes to conventions and lectures and stuff like that all the time. He has a cameo in the freaking movie. Um, so again, did he really get abducted by aliens? Or was he taking some stuff and got a little woozy and his friends left him, forgot him in the woods? Uh, your mileage may vary. But nevertheless, it was the basis for a pretty good sci-fi horror. Yeah, and, and the reality is irrelevant. Once again, truth, legend, legend wins out. No truth, bad truth, truth, bad, legend, good, yes. All that matters is a good story. What's wrong, Jay? What? What? What happens? What? Truth, bad, legend, good, yes. This guy had a small stroke. <laughs> he smells toast. But there you go, Jay. I just wanted to give you a chance to look at us and say... Aliens. Aliens. So there you go. Anybody else? Any uh, fun, interesting stories? Is that is that are we tapped out for today? Well, so I was looking. I was looking at okay. the, uh, uh, the 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 trivia behind the scenes stuff for uh, Fire in the Sky. Yeah. It says director Robert Lieberman said the alien abduction sequence came to him in a series of dreams over the course of eight months developing the movie. Was it dreams or was he himself abducted? Was it? Jay. Aliens. Jay. Speaking to him telepathically from the radio receiver that implanted Travis. <laughs> All I know is the Moonanites, they scratched my car. The Moonanites? <laughs> Which one of you wrote the moon rules number one on my car with a key? Because uh, you're pissing me off. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Sorry. <laughs> All I know is. This cord was going from your house to my house, and your house was glowing with the freaking sun. So uh, I put two and two together there and figured out that uh, you're pissing me off. <laughs> you're a great Carl. I don't need no instructions to know how to rock. Oh my god! You know what? That's the next time I do a cosplay, a new one. It's gonna be Carl. An easy cosplay. Then we're just gonna do the group because I'll dress up like a big drink or a meat meat wad. I'll be meat wad. I'll, I'll do a big meatball. First, you gotta get the voice. Second, you're not meatwad. You're Frylock, and you know it. I'm a Frylock. So does that mean Jay's meatwad? Of the three of us, you're Frylock. You got me. I've only seen like two, maybe three episodes. 
and Jay and I kind of alternate between Master Shake and, and Meadwad, depending on which one of us is giving you that one a hard time. Anyway, nothing new today's show. There you go. There are our picks for interesting, cool, whatever, uh, true stories that inspired some of your favorite horror movies. Let us know what you thought of ones we picked. Are there some you want to hear us talk about we didn't get to? Um, do you think Travis was really abducted by aliens? Sorry, bye. Aliens. Uh, do you believe anything the Warrens had to say? Do you think the Amityville was real or just a hoax? Uh, how do you feel about the Mothman? Uh, let us know in the comments, and maybe we'll circle back around to this next spooky season. But until next time, this has been your weekly nerd alert. Your weekly nerd alert. Your weekly nerd alert.